Welcome to episode 96 of the Pod Bible Podcast. My name is Adam Richardson. This is the podcast podcast where podcasters talk to podcasters about podcasting and podcasts. And I haven't done that for ages. I haven't tried to say that little sort of tagline for a long, long time. And I'm pretty sure I butchered it, but you get the idea. We're here to talk to podcasters about their show and their favorite shows. And we've got three great guests lined up for you today. Before we get into that, you will notice that this episode is sponsored by White Fox. Uh, If you want to hear a little bit more about them, then we've got a little chat with them at the end of this episode so uh, tune in to that stick around and have a little listen they uh, they do really cool stuff for podcasters um, basically if you've got a podcast you want to turn it into a book they are your guys so uh, yeah thank you very much to white fox for sponsoring us today all right let's kick things off with our first guest and this week matt edmondson is here to talk to us about his show not another love song he had a chat with Stu whiffin and here it is Matt, please tell me all about your podcast. So it's called Not Another Love Song. And in lockdown, I was really bored and I thought I need little projects to keep me busy. And I'd had this fleeting experience where I'd gone to a music studio, despite knowing nothing about music, I'd never played any instruments, I can barely clap in time to a rhythm. And I'd seen a producer produce. And the magic thing that happened was I had sung something like a bass line and I didn't know it was a bass line. I was just humming something. And he turned to his keyboard and he played what I just hummed in. And I was like, that's amazing. That's like you downloaded a thought from my brain. Give me more of that. And so I said to myself, I'm going to learn music production from the ground up. And uh, I always thought if I had more time, maybe I could get good at this. And then of course I had more time as we all did. So I thought, right, I'm going to take it seriously, but I need some songs to make and I can't sing. What what am I going to do? And so in a moment of madness, I DM'd on Instagram 10 of my favourite pop stars, people like Griff, who won the Brits Rising Star, James Arthur, Tom Grennan, Tom Walker, Sigrid, Holly Humberston, people that I love and said, do you want to make a song with me? And amazingly, they all said yes. And so we did it. The rule was really simple. It has to be about something unusual, unexpected that they'd never normally write a song about. And in the podcast, you hear us have a chat. We sort of discuss various things in life. And then we zone in on something that's come up in the chat and we say we're going to write a song about it. And then you hear us write that song together. It's quite interesting because I've never met these people before and we're both trying to get to the best version of the songs. There's a sometimes a bit of tension. Sometimes it flows really quickly. Sometimes we make each other laugh with the brilliance of, you know, a lyric or a, a silly idea. You hear us write that song and then I go off and I produce it as best I can into a full radio ready song. And I talk you through what I learned in producing it because, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. So I will guide you through the lessons I've learned and and some of the production decisions I've made. And then I play you, the listener, and the musician who made the song with me, I play them the song back in full and get their reaction to it. And they are proper standalone songs, which I then include in the podcast feed. So if you ever, you know, want to listen to a song about Hay Fever by James Arthur, you can just go and listen to it on its own. Um, So yeah, 10 songs with 10 artists from a blank page, all about silly things. And it is the most work on anything I've ever done. My goodness me, if someone had said it was this hard to make an album, I was so naive. I didn't, I just had no idea. I I probably wouldn't have done it, but it's taken a year and a half to make. And and yeah, I really hope people like 
both the process and the songs at the end. It's hard enough to make a podcast, let alone make an album whilst you're making the podcast. <laughs> that's that's quite ambitious, Matt. I was trying to explain to my mum earlier. She was like, uh, she's like, how long do these take then? Is it a day or two? And I was like, mum, you've got no idea. I was like, to record the podcast takes three hours. I didn't need three hours of their time because we're, we're doing an interview and then we're writing a song. And I was like, and then I've got to edit that podcast, which editing a podcast that takes three hours takes forever. Then... I've got to take, I've got to wait for them to send me a vocal. I've then got to process their vocal. I've then got to produce the loose song into a full song. I've then got to mix that song, which is its own. It's like a totally different discipline. I've then got to master that song, which is its own discipline. And then I've got to phone them, get time in their diary to phone them back up and play it to them. And then I've got to edit that all together. And then I've got to do some links that explains what it is to everybody. And she was like, oh, yeah, I can see why that's taken a, taken a while. <laughs> and, and so moving forward uh, with, with this, I mean, are you looking to do more of this? And, I mean, we're seeing with <laughs> podcasts, we're seeing a lot of live shows. I mean, is that something you'd like to do? Would you like to put it on a stage with potentially a, a performance? I don't think we could ever, ever do this live. Logistics? Um, or- logi- logi- I think logistics – Booking all the, ta- you know, trying to get all that all that talent into into a space yeah. to come and perform, it would be impossible. But I think part of the beauty of it is that when I started, I knew nothing. And I think I've gotten to the end, a year and a half later, and I think I'm quite a good music producer now. I think I could do a session with someone, they say, we want it to sound like this, and I think I could deliver that. And so maybe doing a second, you know, a second one wouldn't take me quite so long. You know, the first, the first song I made for it literally took me a month to make because yeah. I'd never done it before. And the last song that I made for it took me uh, half a day. So, you know, there's been progress. So I don't know. I don't know if the live show is the, the right one. I, I would like to do a, sec- a difficult second album. Yeah. I, I can't quite face it now because I haven't finished this first one. But I quite like the fact that it's a, been a slow burn. And it's also it's a sort of snapshot of a particular moment in time because I don't think I would have got all these people to agree to do it if we weren't in a pandemic. I wouldn't have had the time to do it if we weren't in the pandemic. But also it really sums up what I was into and what I was listening to between 2020 and 2021. Like I didn't approach anyone that I wasn't really excited about. And I feel really lucky that I've made some quite, I placed some quite good bets on people. You know, I got Maisie Peters before she was signed by Ed Sheeran. I got Griff before she won a Brit. I got Holly Humberston before she kind of has taken off massively in America. All these people, I was like, I can see you're going to be huge. And then obviously people that were very established, like, you know, Tom Walker, Tom Grennan, uh, James Arthur, Sigrid. But yeah, I think it's a real snapshot of of that time. So I'm interested in, in what the next lineup would be. And I have... People I've asked and have agreed to do a second, the second album already. I've got three people already already confirmed, but I want I want to take my time over it because, um, you know, I think a lot of a lot of podcasting is quite transient and kind of you know week in week out is an, it's something new. But this is um, it's just really different. It's really it's a really it's been a really unusual project, and uh, and I, I hope it can sort of stand as these 10 episodes that people can come back to even five years from now and it will still feel you know in some way relevant wonderful thanks loads matt thank you thank you matt what a crazy idea what a great concept i love 
podcasts that just do something completely mad and completely different it's uh it's really cool so yeah thanks to matt for telling us all about that show all right let's move on to the recommendation section uh as always we're gonna have two guests they're gonna recommend a show that they love and first up is a return guest a man who's been on this show many times before he is of course one of the co-founders of pod bible alongside myself and Stu whiffin it is the one the only scroobius pip All right, it's time for a recommendation, and we are welcoming a returning guest and uh, sometime host of this very podcast. It's Scroobius Pip. Hello. Hello. How are you, man? I'm good. I'm very good, thank you. It's a pleasure to have you back on. It's been a while. I think you're probably the guest that's been on the most um, in terms of uh, giving recommendations, but it's been a good few months. Yeah, I, I mean, I used to be an actor and podcaster. Now I'm a full-time podcast listener, just so I could give recommendations, because... I've recommended almost every podcast I listen to up until on previous episodes. So, but I've been listening yeah. to some really good new ones recently. So, every time that happens, I hit you up and go, "I've got more. I'm excited about Adam. If you need any, yeah, yeah, it's very handy. It's very handy. Pip, of course, also uh, writes for the magazine Pod Bible yes. Magazine. I, I often think sometimes people might listen to this and actually forget that there is a there is a magazine, and you can read that at PodBibleMag.com. But uh, yeah, basically, what we're saying is Pip knows his podcasts. I do. So. Uh, what are you going to recommend for us today? Um, today I'm going to recommend the Two Girls One Shop podcast. Right. I can't get enough of it. I took I I, I held off for a while for some reason. Like um, um, a mutual friend and Pod Bible person collaborator <laughs> Stu Whiffin is part of the podcast. He's kind of the he mediates it almost. He brings but, the recorder, right? Yeah, yeah, essentially. <laughs> but um, I. I resisted the first season for, for some reason. I didn't give it a listen. And then I started listening to a random episode on season two and ended up binging the entire back catalogue and not missing an episode s- since. And they're on season th- three now, I believe. Um, and the basic idea is it's t- two girls, Charlie and Nina, who work in a sex shop. And they m- meet up with Stu and they tell him a story about a character that, that used to come in. And as you can imagine, there's been a lot of weird and wonderful people, mm. um, heavy on the weird, v- very, very light on the wonderful, um, <laughs> that have come in over the years. And, I mean, I should mention, it, it's 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 probably an adult listen. It goes to some dark and heavy places. But, um, yeah, there just seems to be an endless list of strange people doing strange, inappropriate th- things. And then, out of nowhere, you'll get like a heartwarming moment (laughs) and it it really kind of catches you off guard. But yeah, essentially, I think Charlie and Nina are absolute superstars. They're just really good at storytelling and, yeah, Stu's perfect as the kind of conduit to say, tell us a story and and to let them go and, 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 and lead on. I wonder how Stu first met Charlie and Nina. Was he a customer? Is that <laughs> well? Actually, the exact opposite. I believe. I believe they were customers at the Pink Toothbrush, ah, so okay. they were regulars there. I think, and got talking or became friends on Facebook or whatever. And then Stu hit him up at some point, saying, "You've got some amazing stories." As as you know, as it's hard for Stu to have a conversation without thinking it should be a podcast. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so, but in this instance, he was a hundred percent 
correct. So this is definitely a podcast that you would, I take it, be listening with headphones on. Even if you're at home alone, you don't want the postman yeah. walking past and hearing uh, yeah. some of these stories. You're looking at, at gossip mongers territory in the okay. in in the weird and the and and the weirder. Again, you, you, yeah, you'd give kind of a parental advisory a, t- a, a tight warning. One or two of the stories even get quite dark and uncomfortable, but I think they all handle it really well. They're not just going, "Oh, look at this weird stuff." They're going, "Man, this happened, and it's." Mm. It's mad. Interesting. Well, I've just had a look, and uh, yeah, there's a there's a number of interesting sounding episodes there. Designer P, Yellow Bastard. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, but it's also good to see there is actually a parental advisory sticker on on the artwork as well. So yeah, yeah it's worth doing. People... It's it's an interesting one. As I said, I started on series two, and at series two, they're all around an hour long because the show got more of a, f- a, f- a format. They'll yeah. tell one or two stories. And then they'll maybe have some agony aunt type questions, or they'll quiz Stew about his sex life or relationship life, or you know, adolescence or whatever else. The first series, it's all individual stories, so it'll be Stew essentially saying, "Tell me a story," and then you'll get that that one story that could be ten minutes, it could be twenty minutes, and then it'll move on. But I really like the adjustment of format because you just get to spend more time with them and enjoy their interactions yeah, yeah. it's great fun cool all right well uh i mean as you you are the same we're, we're people with a lot of stew within in our lives but uh i'm yet to listen to this one but i think you've got me sold i think i'm gonna have to check it out after this somewhere very private though i mean i would say i would say don't be put off by stew whiffing <laughs> <laughs> it's very much the charlie and nina show and stew but stew yeah is a wonderful conduit for their tales perfect all right well thank you very much for uh, recommending that for us thank you pip and uh, yeah i was very happy to have a uh, lovely chat with pip and we recorded a few different new recommendations from him so yeah keep an eye out for him on upcoming episodes over the next few months Finally, we are going to finish up with another person who is linked to Pod Bible. It's actually the Pod Bible digital editor. She does loads of great work on uh, PodBibleMag.com, uh, writing and editing uh, and commissioning articles on there. But long before that, Fran Tarowskis was uh, a podcaster and an adventurer, and she has her own show called On the Outside. She has another show called Seize Your Adventure, uh, which you'll hear all about when she comes back in a couple of weeks to talk about On the Outside. Um, but first off, she is going to be giving us a recommendation and uh yeah is it going to be adventure based you're about to find out okay fran can you recommend a podcast for us have you got one ready i have got one ready and as you know we listen to a lot of podcasts so this is really difficult for me yes but there is the first one that I want to recommend called Out There. As you might understand, it is also another outdoor podcast. Perfect. And this is this is one which is my ultimate podcast. It's the one that got me into podcasting in the first oh. place. And the host of it, Willow Belden, um, she's been really helpful with me when I was starting to learn how to podcast. And it's basically a, a narrative form of podcast, but it's a non-fiction narratives where people during one episode will talk about something in their life that is their relationship with the outdoors. And 
you get a really wide range of of stories on there. Um, some of them are things like doing long distance hike across the uh, Colorado Trail mm-hmm. and how doing that hike helps someone to come to terms with their their mother's death and this kind of thing. So that some of the stories are really in depth and really personal, but the the way that it's told with the monologues of the people telling their own story that are always shaped really nicely Mm. and then you have music underneath and sound effects so the soundscaping of it is just really interesting to me so that one is definitely something I'd say go and check it out there's loads of episodes now they've been going for about four or five years yeah but just having a look now um, it is something which if you want to find an episode to to get in there and um, listen to, then I have actually done an episode. It was about two years ago now. Oh, here we go. Um, And I I told my story on there as well, so you get to learn a little bit more about me. I listened back to it the other day, actually, and it was really odd hearing something that I did two years ago when I was first starting to podcast. So, yeah, it's very, very strange looking back on it. Yeah. But um, there are world. there are hundreds of other ones on there, so you don't have to listen to my voice again. <laughs> Amazing. So how, how did you end up, because you said the host uh, ended up helping you a bit with your podcasting journey. How did that come about? Mm. Did you just get in touch as a fan? Uh, you know, how... How did that happen? Yeah, pretty much. So it was something that I'd been listening to for uh, maybe about a year, 18 months at the time. And I was just learning to podcast by by doing my, my first one, my uh, OG podcast, Seizure Adventure. And one of the episodes that came up on Out There was about the Camino de Santiago, mm. which is a long distance trail in Spain. And it's a trail that I walked myself. And Great. I kind of saw it as a little bit of a, a sign to get in touch with the host, Willow, and just be like, I love the episode. It meant so much to me. Would you consider putting my story on your podcast at some point? Great. <laughs> she she said yes to it and really helped me to shape the story and helped me with learning how to do the soundscaping and all of this kind of stuff. So, yeah, it was literally just sending an email gushing over how much I loved it and just asking if I could do something for them. I love that. That does work, doesn't it? You, you sort of seized your opportunity to make Seize Your Adventure. Yes. But it was similar for me, uh, the way I ended up working with Pod Bible or creating Pod Bible with with Scrubius Pip and Stu Whiffin is just I was a fan of Pips for a long, long time and a couple of times he's sort of was looking for help with stuff and I just reached out. I was like, hey, I could do this, this and this and I'd love to get involved. Mm. I'm sort of a fan. And then before we knew it, we were all working together and now, uh, yeah, here we are. And uh, listeners who who weren't aware, I'm sure I probably said this in the links, but Fran works with Pod Bible now, so does a lot of great writing about uh, various different podcasts. Have you featured out there in an article for us? I think that may have been in a mag- in the magazine, one of those ones. I did, yeah. I think it was the uh, narrative nonfiction one. So if you like things like The Moth, mm. um, where people are telling their, their stories in, in the first person, then, yeah, it's really similar to that kind of thing. Cool. Out there. Go and check it out if you haven't already. Thanks, Fran, and I look forward very much so to having you back on the podcast in a few weeks to talk about On the Outside. Okay, that is it for this week's episode in terms of talking to podcasters. But as I said, 
This episode is sponsored by White Fox. So now we're going to hear Stu having a chat with them about what their business does and how it can help podcasters. Okay, John, please tell me all about your business. Well, thanks for, for the chance to do that. Um, so, so White Fox is nearly 10 years old. We're 10 years old at the beginning of 2022. We're all kind of refugees from traditional publishing houses. So I was at HarperCollins and Penguin. My co-founder was at HarperCollins, but we got people from Random House and Faber and places you will have heard of and places you won't have heard of, but, but all traditional trade publishers, book publishers. And we came up with this idea of uh, creating a kind of network of freelancers because a lot of the support structure to the creative industries are now not in-house, they're out of house, they're freelance. And that's exactly the same for book publishing. So whether you're editing or designing or doing anything that you need to need help with to create a book, we've got access to those people. And we've really become a kind of creative industry that plugs into anybody that wants to make a book, a business, an individual, a brand, uh, an organization, anybody that wants to turn the existing content that they've got or create new content and make a book out of that, which sounds very old fashioned and analog and the 20th century. But actually what's really interesting to us is quite how prevalent the desires to actually get a book out there still seems to be for people, still seems to represent gravitas and kudos and something that is meant to last and stick around and not just something ephemeral that, that sort of disappears. So, so yeah, we, we, we've been doing that for nearly 10 years and it's been, been great fun. Do you think in, you know, in, in this current time of, of everything being very fast and everything being very virtual, because I, I just look at the record industry and, and seeing that so many bands now are re-releasing on vinyl. Do you think there is that desire to have something tangible? Honestly, I thought when we set out, we spend our entire time knee deep in digital applications, in apps, in eBooks, and some some formats have exploded over the last ten years. So audio, for example, while we're doing this, while we're doing this talk, you know, not just podcasts but audio books have absolutely kind of gone through the roof in terms of, of of interest and sales. And there are certain you know very well known authors who are now selling about the same number of audio books as they sell physical books. But it seems to be that there is still something. I think. The digital revolution, in a sense, it is the same as music industry. It made people care even more about the physical product that they they wanted it to be even more beautiful, to be you know better quality, have, have beautiful paper specification that meant the thing was going to last and look great and and be a kind of manifestation of them and their ideas and their story or their brand. And that's definitely what we found. You know, we've we've we thought we wouldn't really be doing much physical product, and really, it's that's what leads what we what we do. I'd say, yeah. And so, obviously, we've seen over the last four or five years that the podcast industry just become huge. It's really it's really exploded. Is that obviously then found itself very much on your radar? Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been fascinating to watch because I think there used to be a sort of linear progression of what happened when people were taking content to market in some way, and what we used to find was that you know. There was, uh, I've written a manuscript. Maybe at some point I'll get an agent who will be able to sell TV rights on that or film rights on that. At some point down the line, there'll be an audio book that comes out. And there was this kind of linear progression that, that used to happen. And that has completely um, been blown up and, and, and exploded a lot of it by the people who've embraced podcasting. Because what's happened is, you know, books have become podcasts, podcasts have become books podcasts have become Netflix series 
And and there doesn't seem to be any sort of, you know, received wisdom that this is the path you need to take. If you are creating something and you have a readership for it, a listenership for it, then it, it seems that you can mine that in lots of different formats in different ways. And if you producing a, a you know, a half hour, 40 minute podcast that will give you a lot of existing content, the books that are coming out of that are actually, you know, they're not exactly the same. They're not transcripts of those things. They are a different kind of beast and a, and a, and a different creative engagement for readers and, and, and an audience. So I think that's what's been fascinating for us, this, this idea that we feel like we're helping creators create another version of things that they might already be doing, or we can help them with things that are relevant to making a book. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot of people who aren't waiting for somebody to discover that, you know, they, they aren't waiting for an agent to pick them up and sell them to a publisher. They've, they've created a platform for themselves. They are able to kind of reach directly to listeners and, and, and readers. And that puts them in an incredibly powerful position. And, and so what we're finding is helping people facilitate that. You know, we don't, our business don't own rights, which may or may not be a crazy <laughs> business <laughs> idea, but we don't. So what we're doing is we're saying to people, look, we're, we think we're pretty good and we're, we're kind of experts in our field. And it's not just, you know, it's not me. It's, you know, it's the people that we've got access to who are exactly the same people that are helping the best publishers in the world make their books and we will help you do what you want driven by you you're you're a creative person you've you've come up with this idea for a podcast you will have views and visions on what you want to do in terms of books and we'll help advise and and consult and and strategize and do whatever it is to help you make that come to fruition and so to sort of put that in its sort of simplest form i mean one of the things that that i think so many people love about podcasting is the whole diy ethos of it that you can record it on your phone put it out within five minutes if you wish to do so you know obviously there's many many variants of that so for somebody that set their podcast up and they're starting to get some traction with it and they want to then go right okay i'd love to have this published as a book they've not got to have a publishing deal or anything like that they can just reach out to you and 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 the steps can start then yeah i mean we're not an agent and we're not a traditional publisher i think you should make that Mm -hmm. clear so our model is that we are able to provide services to help people do whatever it is they want to do, whether they want a book edited, whether they want a book design, and crucially, the really difficult bit, which is selling, distributing, making it available on the relevant platforms. Now, you know, there's been a massive migration in book sales to online about Roughly 70% of books are now bought via, you know, and it's not just Amazon, it will be waterstones.com, falls.com in the UK or Barnes & Noble in the US or whatever. So platforms are selling books directly to people and we're giving kind of access to the expertise to do that and the specialist knowledge, just as there's specialist knowledge in what you do in terms of podcasting or, you know, we're saying we'll translate that and we'll try and help you work out how to turn that podcast into a 40, 50, 60,000 word book, if that's what you want, or if you want something with illustrations or images or photos or, you know, a different manifestation of, of uh, the idea that you've already come up with. But there are many routes of podcast, you know, we should be, I should be crystal clear about that. There are many routes that podcasters go and some podcasters, you know, want a book deal with a penguin or a whoever mm-hmm. and will seek out an agent or an agent will seek them out and they'll go down a traditional route. The issue slightly with that is, that's a, t- a timing issue because publishers traditionally work quite 
Well, they work in, I wouldn't say they work slowly, but they work in, a, in, a, in, in quite a particular way. So their schedule is driven by different things. I mean, sure. we don't have a publishing schedule. Everything is driven by the creator for us. So every book we do is a bespoke project. We don't do that many books. You know, we don't want to do hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of books. We like doing things that are of, of interest and collaborating with creative people to do interesting things. And we can, because of that, work quite quickly you know, three to six months, often with a publisher, you're talking about the whole process can take a year to 18 months. And in some cases, that's fine. That's exactly what people want. And they, you know, there's, they want to be part of that club. And in some cases, they're going, I've got three other ideas I want to do in that time. You know, I've got other things I want to make, other things I want to do. I want to, I want to try and get this out there a bit, a bit quicker, sure. in which case that's, that's something that we're able to sort of to, to do a bit more easily. And how did, the, how did the pandemic affect uh, the industry for you? Well, it was extraordinary. So March 2020, we left our office, went to our homes, uh, looked at each other on Zoom or Teams on, on our laptops and thought, what the hell is going to happen? And everybody felt like we were sort of rabbits in headlights. We had our busiest year ever because people who, you know, for whom the rest of their life was on hold were able to write they were able to finish something, start something that they'd always been meaning to start, get that last chapter done. And they were able to see, you know, w- that we could work remotely and help them facilitate that last crucial bit too, because, you know, physical bookshops were shut quite a bit of time, but online sales boomed. And, you know, publishing had a, a, a great year last year <laughs> because a lot of people were at home reading and, you know, you could make something happen from your home in terms of a manuscript could be turned into a book, could be made available online and sold. And you could be making money from that in a way that a lot of other things, you know, we work with quite a few businesses who we thought, well, there's no way they're going to keep going with this because it's so uncertain for them. They don't know whether they're going to have a, you know, we work with a pub where they literally been refurbished for 18 months, opened up in February Closed down again in March. And we thought, well, there's no way they're going to. And actually what happened was the book, in a sense, became something that galvanized the team behind it. And it was something they could do when, apart from the takeaway meals they were making. And it it became a sort of creative beacon for them to to work around. So we, yeah, we found it was um, completely extraordinary. And and it, it, it definitely released a lot of creative you know, projects in our in our direction, which we hadn't necessarily anticipated would happen. That's wonderful. And so, plans moving forwards from here. Now we're at the pandemic. I mean, we like we're, we're we're very happy with the model that we've got. We like what we're doing. We're doing more internationally. We we have an office in Los Angeles, so we're doing quite a lot more in the US in this last year as that's <clears throat> grown and and our hope, you know, our reputation and and knowledge of us has has, has grown because there's not many people doing what we're doing. We spent a lot of our time really initially being all about recommendation, referral and word of mouth. And what we're finding is that talking to podcasters, talking to people who are, you know, own restaurants, talking to businesses, talking to brands, talking to speakers, thought leaders, you know, or whoever, more and more people seem to want what we're doing. So we're, we're, we're kind of honing that and trying to get as good as that as we can be. I mean, it's quite a, a hands-on thing, what we do. It's not, we don't make widgets. We're not a machine churning out templated things there are loads of places you can go to do that but that's not us so it's it's always gonna be something that grows rather than scales yeah. to the massive disappointment of our investors I suspect. <laughs> but 
But anyway, it's growing in a way that we're very happy with. And we feel that we're kind of collaborating creatively with people and doing things, you know, doing good work. And that is what gets you up in the morning, I think. Wonderful. Well, I know our, our audience is made up of uh, a hell of a lot of wonderful creatives. And if they're interested in, in finding out more about your company, where's the best place to go? So uh, they can talk to me. They can email me at john at wearewhitefox.com. If you look at our website, obviously they can contact info at, but I'm very happy to kind of, you know, be the first port of call for anybody that wants to find out what we're doing. And, that you know, there's, there's, it would be a conversation and we'd be very happy to see how it went from there. Wonderful. John, thank you very much. Thanks for your time. Boom, there you go. Lovely chat there. Thank you very much, guys. All right, so that is it for this week's episode. I should tell you that in a couple of weeks' time, we have the brand new issue of Pod Bible coming out, issue 18, the last issue of the year, the last issue of our third year, and the last issue in the format that it's in. Oh, I don't want to give too much away, but we've got some big news coming up for Pod Bible in 2022. Uh, so we'll be telling you all about that towards the end of the year, I'm sure, or at least early next year. I think we might be back soon with a bonus episode, but um, if not, then you can catch us in a couple of weeks with uh, the regularly scheduled episode. Uh, PodBibleMag.com is the place to go to read lots of great articles. As I said, Fran Taraskis, who was here moments ago, um, has done loads of great work on there and continues to do loads of great work on there. We've got interviews, we've got reviews, we've got stuff from the magazine back catalogue. You can order magazines, you can sign up to our weekly newsletter, and there's loads of uh, extra content on there. Um, if you want to email us, it's info at podbiblemag.com. If you want to find out about advertising, you know, you can advertise in the magazine. You can sponsor the podcast, as we've just seen. You can uh, get involved in our newsletter. There's lots of different ways for you to promote your podcast or your business with Podbible. Uh, and finally, at Podbible on Instagram, on Twitter. I think we're on Facebook as well. We don't do a huge amount on there, but Instagram and Twitter is where you'll find us being most active. And uh, yeah, my name is Ad, is my Twitter and Instagram. I thought I'd chuck that in there. I never self-promote, but I've done it now. My name is Ad, all one word, if you want to get in touch with me directly on uh, social media. Okay, let's stop talking. You guys go away, do your homework, listen to the podcasts that are featured today. Please get in touch if you've got any to recommend or people you'd love to see on the Pod Bible podcast that haven't featured so far. Thank you very much to Buddy Peace, yes again, for his great work on the show. And I should tell you finally that we are part of the ACAST Creator Network and very happy to be so. All right, see you in a couple of weeks.